morning, guys. I really enjoy that uh, last hymn. I think it's uh, a, a newer version of a very uh, old hymn, Lord, I Need You. And uh, today I'm sharing on uh, God as an encourager. And I think for some of us, uh, we may have grown a little bit fatigued in our Christian walk. And that fatigue may have even affected how we see God. And that God wants, you, wants to encourage you and be an encourager to you and wants you to actually be an encourager uh, to others. As you are encouraged by God, you be uh, an encourager to others. And that's actually how the church grows, through encouragement. And we'll look at a scripture uh, that tells us that's how the, the, the church builds itself up in encouragement. I think uh, all of you guys uh, realize that we need more encouragement, and we need more encouragement in the church. And it's, uh, it's uh, uh, always uh, a thing that we could always do with more of. I always think in my heart, I've always been an encourager my whole life. I remember when I was uh, uh, just a, a lati, I was probably 19 years old, and, and uh, I remember Stephen Poyser, who's leading a church in Australia, he gave me the mic and said, Joey, come and encourage us now. And I just would just come and encourage. Uh, because that's in my heart. You know, God wants to encourage us. God wants to uh, say, come on, keep on going. And, and I think sometimes that can be lost in the whole, uh, you know, we're in church and things go on and the drama of life. And somehow we lose, uh, we lose the sense of, of encouragement and God wanting to encourage us. So hopefully... After I finish this message today, you, you guys can be not only encouraged, but realize that God is your personal encourager, and that God commands you to go and encourage others in the same way that He has encouraged you. So the name of the preach today, if you're taking notes, is Be an Encourager. Be an Encourager um, in every facet of your life. So let's uh, open with 2 Corinthians 1, 3 to 4. And this is an incredible scripture. It really is an incredible scripture. And it's a scripture that sometimes stands in contrast to other parts of the Bible where we kind of, you know, we see God in a different aspect. Maybe we see God as like a, a man in heaven with a big stick or God is the judge, you know, or God is the punisher of sin. And, and, and somehow we, we, God is sometimes conflicted because he's got to be the the, the judicator of justice, uh, and then he's also at the same time got to be the comforter, so he's got to deal with sin and, and pay back um, and, and, and administer justice, which is a tough, tough role. I mean, think about a, a magistrate in, uh, in the courts today. It's quite an intimidating figure. When people stand before the magistrate, there's this like, you know, um, so sometimes God has to uh, well, well, God does have to assume that role, but at the same time, uh, what can't be lost in all of that is God is, and we look at the scripture, is that God is the Father uh, and the God, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort. He's not, and so we want to set aside the, the, the justice of God. God is a judge. We're going to set aside, and uh, as many of you have had exposure to Mervis, uh, who is a massive encouraging gift. We're going to have like a daddy time. You know, we're going to set aside 
uh, any sense of, of that, the, the justice side of God. And let's look at the scripture. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord, Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort. And this scripture, I really wanted to get into your heart because it's got to soften your view of God if that view has become hard or if you've never had a soft view of God. Maybe you've been in a church or maybe your experience has been that God is hard. You know, there's a softness to God that has been exposed to us through Jesus Christ and through the cross that is the softest, softest, softness you will ever, ever experience. Um, God even ex- uh, reveals himself as a, as a mother, you know. Uh, the, the, uh, he is male, but uh, he, uh, we, he, we are made in the image of God. Male and female are made in the image of God. Male and female together express the character of God. And he even says, as, as I've, I've drawn uh, you to my womb, uh, to my bosom. And bosom is a female term, but it's God is, uh, is, is loving and, and if you've felt the love of a mother, everyone's felt the love of a mother. Well, hopefully you have. You know, dad is sometimes like, whoa, if you felt the love of a dad, that's amazing. But some of us have even harder to experience that. But the love of a mother, most of us have felt that feeling of a mother. You know, we've fallen down, we've uh, grazed our knee. And the first thing we say is, daddy. No, the first thing we say is, Mommy. You know, and then we run off, you know, where's mommy? Because I want to be comforted. I want to be comforted. And mommy holds us. And then it's just like, everything's all right. You know, circumstances haven't changed. There's blood running down my knee. But just the hug of mom, everything's fine. And that's what God does. He just gives you that hug. And even though circumstances are exactly the same in the moment, you just feel like everything is fine. And that's what the scripture is talking about, the God, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort. I really felt like in today's service, and, and uh, I compliment uh, Patrick on just being sensitive to the Holy Spirit. It's like the Lord just moved in a different way in the service. You know, Patrick got up and spoke about, you know, like he was very vulnerable. I mean, <laughs> not many elders get up regularly and, you know, share like he's very vulnerable. He say, guys, I just want to be soft with you. Um, and if I haven't been soft with you, um, I want to apologize. And honestly, every single person that ever has been a leader, it's hard to be soft sometimes, you know. Sometimes it's easy to just be judgy and unsympathetic. But Peter, our great leader from the past, says, no, we must be full of sympathy and empathy as we lead. And, uh, and Patrick modeled well in that. And that's actually something that uh, Mornay said to us uh, as elders, said, guys, you know, um, we still need to deal with this stuff, but let's deal with it with more compassion. And there was a message coming through from Mornay on the camp to the elders. And that's one of the things, uh, responses from Patrick there. And we did see lots of tears because the Lord wants our hearts to be soft. And God's heart is soft towards us in Jesus. The cross has opened up a softness in God that he doesn't see us in because Jesus has taken care of that. And he draws us completely near. All he sees is his son when he sees us. The Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our affliction. And I want you to notice in these two verses how many times comfort appears. So that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. Five times. 
Five times we see comfort in those two, and it's an, it's an incredible uh, scripture. Um, there's a softness that comes through there. Okay. I might be jumping around. I just want to see where the Lord wants to go. Okay, let's go here. The word, yeah, for comfort is a Greek word. It's parakaleo. And para means close. And kaleo means to call. And God calls to us. He comes close to us and He calls to us. And, and um, what He wants us to do as he calls to us, he, he's calling to something into us, and he's, he's, he's giving something to us. And in that moment, as we are encouraged, as we built up, he wants us also to call to others. When we come alongside someone that is struggling with the grace, and we, as we carry great, the grace of God upon us. Okay, let me just pause now. I've got to find the Lord now. Okay, let me go back. Let me find the Lord here. You know, the Lord really does, the Lord really does want to draw us near. He really wants us, if there's been walls up, just to melt those walls. God wants us to know his favor upon us. He smiles upon each one of us. There's so much favor in Jesus upon us. We don't realize enough. I pray that God would extend his favor and a revelation of his favor to you right now. In Jesus. I know his favor is upon me right now and I know his favor is upon you right now. And if you're not walking in it right now, the Lord wants you to drip with His grace. Oh, Lord. Thank you, thank you. Matthew 5, 4. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. And this scripture is not saying that you will be blessed because you mourn. So you need to mourn first so that you can get blessed. This scripture is saying that as you mourn, you will be blessed. So in your mourning, in your affliction, you will be comforted. You will be blessed. And the word you have for blessed is makaroi in the Greek. And it actually comes from the word, we've all been shopping at macro before. Macro actually means big. So this actually says you will be made bigger in your mourning or stronger in your mourning. So what actually happens in this scripture here is as you mourn, and Strong says that what actually happens by McElroy is God's grace, God's bigness, God's strength is imparted to you as you mourn, and that you become stronger and bigger. Strong's also said it's that grace is transferred to us as we mourn, and that allows us to be able to take on things that we would normally not be able to take on by ourselves. God's strength, God's grace 
is imparted to us. And we need to impart that to others. And it's as God calls to us and He says to us, with His strength, and you can feel it as His strength comes into you. you know, who's felt the strength of God come into them as through tough times? You, you're able to do things that you would never be able to do without Him. Emotionally, and the, and the heart and the emotions are the, are, the, are the seat of everything. You know, it, the, the Bible talks about that everything coming from the heart, the heart is the wellspring of life, everything coming from the heart. It's like God strengthens your heart. He makes you emotionally strong. And you're able to endure things and go through things that you would never be able to without his strength. Yeah? Who's been through that before? Like God just strengthens you inside. And suddenly you're doing things that you could never do without him. And that's actually what's happening there. Blessed. You're being made larger, stronger. And then God's calling to you in that moment. And he's calling He's, he's, he's rallying that thing that's inside of you. And he's saying, you can do this. And then, yeah, let me, you know, God is our greatest supporter. And God's not the man up there with the big stick. God's the man up there. And I was trying to think of what is the biggest supporter you know, in the stadium, in a South African stadium, what is the biggest supporter? You can sometimes hear them on TV once. You just hear the sound, and, and, and you know that support has just suddenly rallied. Anyone? They're holding a particularly South African-themed instrument. Avovozela. God is not the man up there with a big stick. He's your biggest supporter. God is the man up there with your vuvuzela. He's vuvuzeling you. He's calling to you. And when those guys on the, on the team, the South African team, hear the vuvuzela, there's something in them that goes, yeah. And that's what God, he comes close to you and he calls to you and something, and he goes, yeah. And then you've got to go to someone else, and you've got to make that call to them. So this scripture here says, when we're comforted by God and then comfort to others, that needs to happen. And that's how this church grows. God calls to us, and we need to call to one another, come on. He's saying to us, come on, you can win this. And we need to say to others, when they like struggling, come on, you can do this. They don't want to hear the solution. They sometimes just want to hear, I believe in you. <laughs> And then they go, oh, okay, I'm going to get up. I'm going to do this with God's strength. Commit today to positioning yourself so that you can be an encourager. That you can say, you know what, I'm going to get encouraged and I'm going to be encouraged because that's sometimes the greatest warriors amongst us are the encouragers. The guys in the church that say, keep on going, guys. They don't speak to the lack. They speak to what's there. We know we, all the areas of deficit. They're not, they don't look to the deficit and tell us the deficit. The encouragers look to what is there and says, when you did that, that was so awesome. They look to, they, they glass half full guys, not glass half empty guys. 
They're not looking to the, the half-empty part. They're looking to the half-full part. We need more guys like that in church. Look at your brothers and sisters around you. You know that they're legends. But you also know that they're not legends. <laughs> you see, and if you're married to your husband or wife, you know where they're legends. You know where they're not legends. God asks us to look to the part that's good and call to that. Focus on the good. You know, Andrew often says, guys, honestly, and I do, I've been in the church a long time, 30 years. Andrew says, and I actually believe it's true, 90% of the time, everyone's just trying their best. You know, there's a few guys with bad attitudes from time to time. They must step out of it, and they will, hopefully, in the Lord. But 90%, everyone's trying their best. Think the best. Love always. Trusts. Love always. Hopes. Does it say love always thinks the best? I think it's a paraphrase, but I think it fits. So we call to one another, and, and, and are we not calling like, hey, you're good looking, and you're tall, and you got great degrees. We're not calling to the things of the world. We're calling to the things of Christ. We're calling to His Holy Spirit in us. That's the thing that makes us strong. Our bodies and our accomplishments on earth, that doesn't make us strong in the kingdom. It's the Holy Spirit in us, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. And we don't look to the strength of man or the strength of a horse, but we look to the Lord who is able to strengthen us. And that's what we're calling to. We, we're looking at the person, we're saying, even sometimes when it doesn't, you know, you, they might be so lost in their affliction that you're like, I can't even see God, but you, you're trying to call to that which is still in them. Because no matter how much it comes, the Holy Spirit is still given as a deposit in our hearts. It's still there. It's still there. Even though it might have grown cold, it's still there. And even today, God wants to call to that inside of you and wants to say, I've made you strong. I've made you strong. Um, greater is the spirit in you than the spirit in the world. And I'll tell you what, the spirit in the world is strong, very strong. It leads the whole world astray. Millions and millions of people being led astray by that strong spirit. But the spirit in you is stronger. And that's what the Lord wants to, uh, that's what the Lord uh, is calling to in us. And that's what we need to call to each other. Amen? Just look around you. There's warriors here. Every single one of us here is a warrior in the Lord. And we need to say, keep on going. Keep on going. Some of us are like wounded, like missing an arm, you know. Just keep on going, you know. The arm will grow back in the Lord. Uh, you know, just call to one another. Rally one another. The word uh, for, for rally. Rally is like, you know, like rallying the troops, you know. The definition is to recover or cause to recover in health, spirits, or poise. And the Lord wants to call to us to recover or cause to recover in health, in spirits, or in poise. Rallying is a call to recovery. And the Lord wants to call us to recovery today if we need it and us to call each other to recovery. We're an army, and we need to strengthen one another with our words, not break each other down. 
with our words. God doesn't break us down with his words. He's always singing over us. He's always encouraging us. So this word here, um, parakaleo, which is close to call, and it's the word used in comfort there five times. Let's bring up that first scripture um, if you can, um, our opening scripture. So every time you see comfort there, uh, the, uh, it's parakaleo in, uh, in the Greek. And how is this for, for interesting? Uh, go to 1 Thessalonians 4.18, Faye. So 1 Thessalonians 4, therefore encourage each other with these words. Guess what the, uh, the word for encourage there actually is in the Greek? Parakaleo. They actually translated parakaleo as encourage there. And in the previous scripture, they translated parakaleo as comfort. So we see that, that, that comfort encouragement is really, really close. So let's look at that scripture and uh, the New American uh, Version, New American Bible, NAB, actually translates this as encourage. So let's read over the scripture, and instead of comfort, you can put encourage, because it's the same word in the Greek. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all encouragement, who encourages us in our affliction so that we may be able to encourage those who are in any affliction with the encouragement with which we ourselves are encouraged by God. I see a lot of encouragement happening there. Are we seeing a lot of encouragement happening in our church? Because it's in the spirit and it's the, the heart of God and it's the kingdom. The kingdom builds itself through encouragement. And let's look at the scripture here. It's, uh, I'm jumping forward, uh, Faith Ephesians 4.16. Ephesians 4.16. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love, as each part does this work. So each part, uh, the word there is individual, uh, it's every single one of us, as we do the work that we've given, we, we, the, the body builds itself up in love. Notice, notice that, that, uh, that it's from within. So, builds itself up in love. Where is the, the building coming up? The building is coming up from within. It's, 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 it's what builds itself up. The Lord is inputting into us, but we're building each other up in the Lord, and that's how we're growing. Notice that the church is building itself up in love. So, as we call to encouragement... Uh, we actually are building the church. We can see that the, uh, in love, the, the church is built through encouragement. It's important that we take this on. If there's anything that I can leave with you on this preach, 
and I can't do it, but I pray that the Holy Spirit would do it. That we would be realizing that the Lord is encouraging us and, and realizing that the Lord is wanting us to encourage one another. And that's how the church grows. Let's look at um, how God encourages us first. I think for many of us is that we, and I, I prayed it over us earlier, that the grace that is upon us, the favor that is upon us, that many of us are not actually walking in that. We might have walked in that, and we've lost it, or we may have never walked in it. But I can tell you what, that David certainly walked in it. And we see this in Psalm 18, 1 to 19. It's a long scripture, but I think it's a scripture that I pray that God would renew your mind. Because honestly, this scripture is, it's referencing David. And David is writing it. But it might as well be you. So as we read through it, I want you to believe it's you. Because I know it's you and I believe that this is a prophetic word for you today. This is you. If you're not feeling this is you, and this could be you with God, I'd love to pray with you later that you could either be restored to that place, and only, Holy, only the Holy Spirit can, can do that. Or if you've never felt it, if you need to switch about how God sees you in Jesus, that you would switch. So David prays in Psalm 8. 18, 1 to 19. I love you, Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I called to the Lord. I called to the Lord. I called to the Lord who is worthy of praise, and I have been saved from my enemies. The cords of death entangled me. The torrents of destruction overwhelmed me. I know that's not you, but you know it is you. <laughs> There's no way that you can live here on earth without having these experiences here on earth where it feels exactly like this. The cords of the grave called around me. The snares of death, sometimes it's emotionally we feel like this, confronted me. Sometimes it's circumstances. Sometimes it's just too much. I've had enough. In my distress, I called to the Lord. Hear this, I called to the Lord. You called to the Lord. I called to the Lord. It's one of the most, I called to the Lord. Five words. One of the most awesome sentences, I called to the Lord. I cried to my God for help. Listen, listen. From his temple, he heard my voice. He hears you. He hears you. Those words you pray are not empty. They don't go out into nothingness. They go out into his ears. And he hears you. He hears your words. 
When you call to him, he hears you. Amen. Come join me in this preach because it's the word. I get more fired up. You're very quiet. Yo, this is medicine. It's the best medicine. Call to him. He loves it. He hears you. From his temple he heard my voice. My cry came before him into his ears. Into his ears. The ears of God. The earth, the huzzers, eh? I mean, seriously, please get this in your spirit if you can. Myself too. I've read this in the past and sometimes I believed it and sometimes I didn't. But God would do this for every single one of us. Whether you think you're a hot Christian or a cold Christian or a good Christian or a bad Christian, in Jesus, he sees you perfect. Positionally, you're perfect. And he treats us the same accordingly. The earth trembled and quaked and the foundations of the mountains shook. They trembled because he was angry. Not angry at us, watch it. Smoke rose from his nostrils. Consuming fire came from his mouth. Burning coals blazed out of it. He parted the heavens and came down. Dark clouds were under his feet. He mounted the cherubim and flew. He soared on the wings of the wind. He made darkness his covering, his canopy around him. The dark rain clouds of the sky. Out of the brightness of his presence, clouds advanced with hailstones and bolts of lightning. The Lord thundered from heaven. The voice of the Most High resounded. He shot his arrows and scattered the enemy. With great bolts of lightning, he routed them. That's your enemies that he's busy destroying, by the way, there. Just the hashtag, just saying. Destroying your enemies. The valleys of the sea were exposed and the foundations of the earth laid bare at your rebuke, Lord, at the blast of breath from your nostrils. Get the intimacy of this. He's coming close and he's calling you. He's paracleeing you here. He reached down from on high and took hold of me. Took hold of you. You know, Donna, come here for a sec. I can, I'm going to take hold of her because I can. She's my wife. But I, like, when I take hold of her, it feels like this. There's a grip. I'm taking hold of it. It's like God, I, hopefully that uh, picture told a thousand words. It's like, you know, sometimes God gets got a hold of us. There's a little bit of a shake there. Gets hold of us. You know, like he holds us. Like, like he, it's firm. And when God gets hold of you, I mean, you feel it. He drew me out of deep waters. Come here again, please. <laughs> I'm going to get told off after the session. So Donna's in a Mari clay. You can see Mari clay, yeah? It's a quicksand, all bad things happening here, okay? Mari clay, a place that is spacious and light and easy. God gets hold of us. Is that you? 
And when you're in that Murray clay, it's like, I tell you what, it doesn't matter how bad the circumstances are, you laugh. Psalm 41 to 2. I waited patiently for the Lord. You know, <laughs> I had actually, a t- I had a t- I, I've had a t- tough two years. And um, if you're on, um, actually, I won't go there. But, uh, but anyway, this psalm meant a lot to me. I waited patiently for the Lord. And he inclined unto me and heard my cry. He inclined to me, you know, he, he just leans forward. And he heard my cry. He brought me up also out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set my feet upon a rock. Yeah? Set my feet upon a rock. Yo! Set my feet upon a rock. And established my goings. He established me. And he has put a new song in my mouth put a new song in my mouth. So the Lord does. He puts a new song in our mouth. Listen, life is hectic. It's hectic for all of us. You know, you're not here for long. You're going to die unless Jesus comes first and people are going to mourn you. And other people in your life, they're going to go and you're going to mourn them. And I tell you what, death is a horrible thing here on earth. You know, things are going to happen. People are going to leave us. And it's going to be hectic. But the Lord's going to put a new song in our mouths. And we're going to praise Him. And He's going to put our feet on rock. And we're going to praise Him. But you need to shift from this place. Let the Lord get a hold of you. And let Him shake you a bit. And let Him pull you across into a spacious place. And let His grace come upon you. And then you walk out of this place here. And you take hold of your brother, don't even know your name. And you shake him. And you go, come on, brother. And then he gets encouraged and he walk across. Choose some random person and shake them a little bit. What's your name? Robbie. Okay, there you go. There's, there's Chris, okay? And then, and then Chris, Chris, you stand up, go shake someone else. And then anyone else. And then you go, Ed. Okay. <laughs> And, and then and Ed goes, Ed, okay, last one. Ed, you go. And then Ed goes, and Joe, what do you see? And that, see how they're all smiling now? And then it just spreads. It just spreads, and now everyone's here. Everyone's here. And, and then we, we're taking guys here, and we're pulling them out. Let's, and let's put a new, let, let's, let's let the Lord put a new song in our mouths. Amen. I don't know if I've got much more here. Let me just have a quick look. Okay, let's do this one. He has another picture of it. Luke 1, 39 to 41. So Mary is, um, you know, Mary's got like a lot to be like quite, um, not sad about, but troubled about. I mean, she's got the world against her. This is Mary, the mother of Jesus. I mean, she's pregnant, unmarried, okay, which in itself could potentially get her stoned. To death, yeah, because the, in Jewish law, the the if she was pregnant, unmarried, means she was guilty of um, fornication or adultery, 
which means she could be stoned. So she's kind of pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Jesus is inside of her. Joseph's like kind of stressed about this too because he's like, well, I didn't make Mary pregnant. So he's got to trust God too that the Holy Spirit made her uh, put Jesus inside of her. So there's a bit of that, you know, there's a bit of they're poor, you know, they don't have money. So it's like, you know, that's, that's challenging. Um, there's the normal stresses of life happening. But Mary's got a new song in her heart. And let's just do a song quick. This is Luke 1, 46 to 49. So I'm just going to jump here. Thanks. Thanks, Faye. This is Mary. And Mary said, my soul glorifies the Lord. The NLT says, oh, how my soul praises the Lord. Love you, Jesus. And my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. And so on. You can see, you can see the state of, of Mary's heart. Everyone clear? Mary's here. She's in a good place. So she heads off. If we can go back to that other scripture. That's uh, uh, Luke 1, 39, 41. So she, she heads off to uh, Elizabeth's house who is the uh, mother of John the Baptist, the future mother of uh, John the Baptist. John the Baptist is actually in her womb at that point in time. So Mary's carrying Jesus, and Elizabeth is carrying John the Baptist. So Mary's coming in, carrying Jesus. <laughs> but look at that figurative, figuratively and practically. You know, are you walking into a room carrying Jesus? Are you coming into a room carrying Jesus? Are you preggies with Jesus? Are you pregnant with Jesus? Are you, whew, I've got the Lord on me right now. Are you coming into a room like that? Because then you're dangerous. You're going to be spreading Jesus. So Mary comes in carrying Jesus like, like she actually is, not just spiritually. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a, a town in the hill country of Judea where she entered Zechariah's home. Uh, Zechariah is the, the high priest. Uh, Elizabeth is, is his wife. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was full of the Holy Spirit. So Mary walks in. At that point in time, Elizabeth has had a pretty tough life. She, she her whole life... She's been barren. Then it says when she was very old, she becomes pregnant with John the Baptist. So she's had a tough life. But she, she actually, the, the Bible says that she was actually feeling shame because of it. Elizabeth was feeling shame. So she, uh, she said that, that John the Baptist would, by being born, would take away her shame. Because in Israel, it was shameful for a woman not to be able to conceive a marriage. So, uh, so she's been hidden from public for five months now. Probably not in the greatest place. But Mary comes in, greets her. John the Baptist, that spreads to John the Baptist inside. John the Baptist leaps for joy. And then that spreads from John the Baptist to Elizabeth. And Elizabeth is filled with the Holy Spirit. Can you see some spreading happening there? That's the spreading that the Lord wants to do in this church. He wants the Holy Spirit to spread. He wants Jesus to spread. But it starts because Mary's got a new song on her heart. Yeah? 
I'm out of time. I've got more stuff, but um, that's, that's 40 minutes. Maybe you can just stand right now. There's no shame in this. Stand if you really feel like you want to shift on this today. If you want to go, you know, Lord, I, I need to shift on this. I've been too doom and gloom, and I need to shift into a place. Maybe the worship team come. But just stand up where you are. And, and let's just allow the Lord to minister to where you are, that you can come to a place of victory, um, that I can pray for you, that the Lord would just shift you in your heart where you might be in the miry clay now. you here, and you're like, I've heard this message today. I want the Lord to get hold of me by the shoulders. And I want the Lord to shake me, and I want the Lord to pull me up over here, and I want the Lord to put a, a new song in my heart. So just stand up where you are if that's you and now, really, I believe that there's more. Just, just This is between you and the Lord right now. Listen, if you're not in a spacious place, you're robbing the church of God because the Lord wants to use every single part to build up this church. Your part, if it's lacking, we're being robbed because we need your blessing. We need Jesus and you also. Shift today. Don't let today pass without shifting to a spacious place and going, Lord, I'm going to cry out to you today. I'm going to make a decision to you today to stop looking at the mud. I'm going to take my eyes off the mud. I'm going to stop playing in the mud. You know, the prodigal son had that moment. You know, he's, he's in there with the pigs. And then he goes, I'm getting out of here. I'm going back to dad. <laughs> Go back to dad. <laughs> and he runs back to dad. And, and there's just joy at dad's place. There's no condemnation. There's just happiness. Actually, dad runs from far away, lifts his dress, runs from his, his robes, runs from far away, grabs his son, let's celebrate. Son just moved, the prodigal son just moved from the mud to the place of joy, sonship, royalty. He thought it couldn't happen. It happened in a moment. Just lift your hands if that's you. Just lift your hands to the Lord right now. Lord, we are your sons, we are your daughters. You don't want us playing in the mud. You don't want us in the miry clay. You want us in the place of victory. You know, earlier, Patrick spoke about unforgiveness. You know, if you, you know maybe people hurt you. Get out of that. Get out of that place of unforgiveness. That's the mud. Stop playing in the mud. Jesus said, I've forgiven you a million bucks. Forgive the 10 bucks against you. Let it go. Focus on how much he forgave you. And then he says, but you, that's the deal. You forgive those who hurt you. Get out of the unforgiveness. It's just mud. Come into a spacious place. Be free. The Lord, the Lord said he'll be the judge, not you. Let it go. Let his forgiveness come. Amen. Amen.